Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. Highs in the 40s and 50s forecast today. Temps will fall back somewhat tomorrow before returning to warmer than normal conditions over the weekend. By early next week, there may be a few 70-degree readings seen in portions of southern Minnesota and southern South Dakota. Seems to be a lot of indecision heading into the 2024 growing season. Bayer Crop Science Senior Technical Sales Representative John Martin believes farmers are waiting for more information. I think everyone's just trying to see where uh, commodities may land, and especially when we look at uh, federal crop and what the guarantees are going to be. I mean, that's going to be so critical in a year like this. And, and honestly, um, the conversations I've been having, Farmers are going to stick with what they know how to plant the best, and then they know where and how to manage those and get the best uh, ROI possible. Martin is hoping for timely spring rains. This open winter, I think we're going to experience uh, some really dry, powdery soil the way we did in uh, 21 and in a lot of cases even last year. So it's one of those issues that you're really going to have to manage that that topsoil residue and uh Minimal tillage, and and, uh, we're going to need some rain to to get this thing put together. Farmland prices continue to climb. AcrePro managing broker David Gorder says the trend is still upward. Demand is still strong for good quality land. Um, Even marginal land has still been selling pretty strong. Um, I think a few good years stacked up for for operators has kept the farmers controlling that market. Uh, Investor activity has definitely slowed down, um, as I just don't think they're competing as well. Um, so commodity prices have an impact, uh, interest rates have an impact, but I just think the successful farming years has kept this demand high. Many farmers still have the resources to compete in the land market this year. You know, if that continues, it'll, it'll make those decisions harder. They'll have to prioritize maybe land purchases over their other capital purchases, and that's when buyers will maybe drop out. But I don't anticipate good land uh, falling in value anytime soon, um, and even marginal land is still selling really well. You know, with that 2022 census data, I thought that was pretty interesting how much land from 2017 from 2022 that they're saying has actually come out of of production. There's that many less harvested acres now. So long term, I'm always going to be bullish on farmland. It's it's scarce. They're not making any more of it. And so as long as people keep farming, they're going to keep growing their operation. Gorder said farm rental rate renewals are generally up 10 to 15 percent from last year. The International Crop Expo featured sessions and uh, covering land and equipment markets. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Steffes Auction Director of Real Estate Max Steffes says real estate taxes have an impact on sale prices from state to state. Real estate taxes, of course, everybody knows about Minnesota. They're not bashful about taxes. So generally speaking, farm real estate taxes are higher on the, in the state of Minnesota. So between uh, the North Dakota and the Minnesota side, what I've typically seen is about a $1,000 an acre difference between uh, the price of a comparable tract of land on the North Dakota side versus the Minnesota side. Steph has also seen a shift in how used equipment is leveraged and sold in negotiating equipment upgrades. Operators are uh, businesses, they're savvy, they're business savvy and they're going to do what's in their best interest and a lot of times what they're saying is, hey, I can go and do my own trading. I'm going to put it on Facebook Marketplace or hire Steffes Auctioneers to sell my equipment. I'm going to 
negotiate from a cash position with my dealership on my new machine. So we've seen more operators do that as be they become more business savvy and, and take a look at the markets. And the data is more available in terms of pricing data for this equipment. Outside factors can impact land and equipment prices as well. It seems like oil, when oil does well, ag does pretty well. So I would watch oil and we watch oil regularly. Uh, the geopolitical concerns, you know, with a war uh, that's going on in the Red Sea, that's changed the shipping routes. Uh, we watch that pretty heavily. That can influence uh, commodity prices pretty heavily. So, And there's all sorts of other external factors that you can take a look at. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. In reaction to the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, the White House is reportedly considering additional sanctions against Russia. Sanctions were implemented after the invasion of Ukraine, but the Russian economy is still growing at a faster-than-expected rate. An announcement from the Biden administration is expected tomorrow. Of course, the International Crop Expo. This is day number two. Look for the Red River Farm Network when you're attending the show today in Grand Forks. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Oil prices are edging higher due to concerns about the ongoing tensions in the Middle East and a weaker U.S. dollar. Meanwhile, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm said the agency does not want to take steps to refill the strategic uh, petroleum reserve and take additional supplies off the market. Compared to one year ago, corn, soybean, and spring wheat values are down double digits from last year's spring wheat pricing period for crop insurance. IRI insurance agent Reed IRI expects most farmers to be signing up for the ARC program. If you're interested in buying SCO, you got to buy or go PLC at the FSA office. What we're thinking is at this point in time, cover it with revenue, do the ARC, forego the SCO and maybe take that savings that would cost you to buy the supplemental coverage option and add it to the enhanced coverage option, the ECO, or buy up a level of your multi-parallel so you've got your own farm protected at a higher level. Iwi says it is important to understand the coverage levels. With the SCO, ECO, it is covering your planted acres on this year. Uh, the uh, S, uh, the uh, uh, PLC, uh, ARC, that is only 85% of your base acres covered. So that's the other point of emphasis here. The House Freedom Caucus is calling for a year-long extension to the stopgap spending bill. The current continuing resolution to fund the government has deadlines of March 1st and March 8th. In a letter to Speaker Mike Johnson, the conservative wing of the Republican majority has released a laundry list of demands. That list includes policies dealing with abortion, student loans, homeland security. Members of the Freedom Caucus are afraid an omnibus funding bill will be released at the last minute before being rushed to the floor for a vote. North Dakota Senator John Hoven and Congressman Kelly Armstrong participated in an agricultural roundtable event in Minot yesterday. Hoven said it is important to maintain and strengthen crop insurance, update the countercyclical farm safety net, and provide adequate access to credit. NDSU and the University of Minnesota Extension potato agronomist Andy Robinson is highlighting his research at the International Crop Expo. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. 
I'm speaking with NDSU and University of Minnesota potato extension agronomist Andy Robinson. Andy, can you uh, can you share with us real quick just a little bit of the highlights about what uh, you presented here today for the uh, the Crop Expo? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about the research that we did in 2023. So there's a number of projects we did. We looked at turkey manure as a source for nitrogen for potatoes. We're looking at skin set on potatoes as well to improve storability. Uh, we're also looking at trying to increase stem number on some of these varieties that have low stem counts to hopefully reduce the amount of seed that growers have to plant and also some of work on our, our late blight spore trapping network. So yeah, a lot of different things we've been doing, really all grower focused, grower projects that they wanted completed. So so I saw that for the last part there, the late light spore trap uh, looked like there was almost no results. You mentioned that uh, you guys are going to go back to your old methods. What were those older methods? Well, we still do them. We have a weather model. So the North Dakota Agriculture Weather Network is actually built upon the potato late blight and early blight models a number of years ago. And so it still utilized, we still utilize that information. It was just the spore trapping network actually enabled us to look if there were spores floating around in the air. Challenge is when you're sampling such a small, minute amount of air, the prob probability that you're actually finding the spores is pretty low. So that's what's made that a challenge. And you have to have a lot of grower cooperators to make this work. Anything else uh, new and exciting leading up into the uh, spring planting season? Uh, no, I think we're just, everyone's pretty excited that we're having a beautiful winter, so we can't complain about that. That was NDSU and University of Minnesota Potato Extension agronomist Andy Robinson. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. A trade delegation from the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture is in its final day of a trade mission to Cuba. There are seven state ag leaders on the trip, including Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson. This delegation has met with government officials and private industry representatives to discuss opportunities for collaboration between the U.S. and Cuba. The application window is now open for a national pilot program that pays farmers and ranchers for implementing high-value conservation practices. If accepted for the Alliance to Advance Climate Smart Agriculture program, they'll earn $100 an acre or, or animal unit. North Dakota is one of four states participating in the program with enrollment limited to Billings, Cass, Foster, McKenzie, Mercer, Rolette, Stark, and Ward counties. The North Dakota Farmers Union is the state lead for the program. March 21st is the application deadline. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Celebrating National FFA Week, Proceed District Sales Manager Dave Gertz says his experience as an FFA member helped fuel his passion for the ag industry. I've been in the ag business for about 52, 53 years and, and uh, always loved agriculture. I was in the high, New Rockford High School is where I had a, they had an FFA chapter and I was an FFA member for two years and, and I guess after I went through that I worked for a farmer. I was never a farm boy. My dad was an elevator manager and so I had the background and in, in the work and I spent a lot of time on the farm driving an old 4010 and a five, -way, five bottom breakaway plow and I know those guys out there don't remember that. The industry has changed and there are plenty of opportunities to learn. And of course the equipment's a little, little different today than what it was in my era, but uh, we didn't have a cab. We had a comfort cover when we went one direction in the fall plowing. It was pretty darn cold and the next way it was really warm. So you know, things, have, things have really changed and I think that FFA is absolutely the most important part of your career. Whether you're a farm kid or you're a city kid, you learn an awful lot about agriculture. 
coverage of National FFA Week here on the Red River Farm Network brought to you by Nutrien and by Proceed. European farmers have been demonstrating for weeks protesting costly regulations. Farmers in India are also going to the streets to demand higher commodity prices. The Indian government has offered to resume negotiations over farm policy, but that was after police used tear gas and water cannons to stop the protests in the northern state of Punjab. The largest protest had about 10,000 people and over 1,000 tractors and wagons to block major roads. Farm leaders indicate one protester was killed and three were injured, but the government has denied that claim. Checking markets this morning, we are higher, seven and three quarter better for Minneapolis wheat. The March contract at 667. The Chicago wheat for March, six and a quarter higher, and hard red winter wheat March, nine cents higher. March corn, it's one and a half higher at 412 and a half, and March soybeans, a three cent gain at 1163 and three quarters. As we check in on the farm calendar, again, keep in mind, International Crop Expo going on today. Doors open at 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, tr- uh, seminars starting about 9 o'clock. Great lineup once again. They're going to talk about uh, estate planning during the keynote session uh, at 1 o'clock today. Again, the International Crop Expo going on in Grand Forks. South Dakota State University Extension has a conference coming up to help women in agriculture develop their ability to advocate for the industry. The Power of Women as Advocates Conference is March 1st and 2nd. That'll be held in Fort Pier, South Dakota. Contact your county extension office for more information. And the North Dakota Winter Show is coming up in Valley City. The dates are March 6th through the 10th. Of course, the trade show, cattle, uh, livestock shows, auctioneer contests, tractable, and a whole lot more. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.